these former companions of his had taken over his da'wah exactly as he had prophesied. And now the real Ahmed Hassan comes back and he begins to expose them uh, through this group of, of true believers that he sends forward. Um, and in addition to that, he decides to test all of the believers by sending forward his successor with the same proofs that he had. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me today. So, Tiffany, uh, today we're going to continue in our talk about the history of the Amani Dawah. Okay. Um, and uh, in the last episode, we spoke about Ahmed al Hassan, uh, Ahmed, son of Ismail, and how he had this dream. And he actually followed the dream and he met Imam al Mahdi in this physical world. And Imam al Mahdi uh, enlightened him, uh, informed him of who he was, and that he was the successor to Imam al-Mahdi. He was the companion of the will. His name, Ahmed, was written in the will that the Prophet Muhammad wrote on his deathbed. And he gave him the task of, um, you know, basically calling people towards the supremacy of God and uh, fixing what has gone wrong uh, amongst the scholars and the students of religion uh, in the Hausa, which was considered to be the kind of like final fortress which preserved and taught and propagated the narrations and the teachings of the Ahl Bayt al And Ahmed Hassan al he did so from 1999 uh, all the way until 2007, as we had mentioned previously. And in 2007, I had mentioned he went into an absence. Uh, yes. He disappeared. And the reason specifically why he disappeared is because he was he was becoming a threat to um, the scholars of religion. They were calling towards elections and he was calling towards the supremacy of God and saying, no, that the Muslims have to only follow Imam Mahdi, the scholars rejected the fact that uh, that this man would be a representative or a messenger from Imam al-Mahdi. And uh, they were growing more and more fearful of his uh, growing influence uh, on the Iraqi scene and the growing numbers and, and followers of his. Um, the majority of the Iraqi population uh, followed these marjas or these grand ayatollahs uh, as they would say in English, Ayatollah, uh, they, the greater sign of God, it's a title that they would give to uh, the scholars. So the main scholar, the big scholar, the one that they, uh, every Shia Muslim, uh, they're taught anyway by the scholars that they have to make imitation of, or they have to be a follower of one of these like ultimate um, scholars. 
this process is called taqlid. And so in Iraq, the majority of the Shiam, they follow uh, their grand marja, their grand uh, ayatollah, who's considered to be kind of like the equivalent of the Pope in Catholicism. In Shia Islam, they have many of them. Yeah. Uh, and uh, each one of these popes, uh, they, you know, are ayatollahs, they have behind them a large following of people. And they are considered to be, in many ways, the um, the door to Imam al-Mahdi, the representative of Imam al-Mahdi in his absence. And so Ahmed al-Hassan, claiming to be a representative of Imam al-Mahdi, strips away the power from these scholars and these individuals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So eventually what happens is they start issuing uh, fatwas against him, uh, fatwas that he is a Dajjal, that he's a liar, um, fatwas that his blood is halal, that it's okay to uh, kill him um, and attack uh, his followers that, uh, you know, and accusing them of all kinds of things. Um, one of the great um, kind of uh, disasters that took place in the Yemeni Dawa was that in 2007, uh, there was this uh, shooting that took place between uh, in uh, what they called at the time an armed militia and between the uh, government, uh, the police forces. And uh, at that time in the news media, they came out and they said that uh, Ahmed al-Hassan and his followers were, were responsible uh, for uh, this and that they were terrorists, etc. And basically the government alongside with the American forces and UK forces, they bombed the uh, um, you know, the compound or the area where the uh, the people were that were firing back and forth with the uh, police. And they massacred a lot of people. And in the news outlets, it was said that these were the followers of Ahmed al-Hassan, the Yemeni. Uh, this statement later was to be retracted uh, from the government. And they actually said that Ahmed al-Hassan and his followers have nothing to do uh, with this group, that this was a whole different uh, group that had led the up uh, uprising and that the leader of that group was killed and, and that it was a done deal. And this sect or this group went extinct. Okay. 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 So initially they say that Ahmed Hassan is responsible and then they eventually retract that statement and say, actually, he's not responsible and him and his followers had nothing to do with that. Okay. All right. But between the time that they issued the statement and they retracted the statement, Ahmed Hassan's life was in so much danger and he was in danger of going to prison. And this was something actually that he had predicted in one of his speeches where he said that he was going to be leaving. He's going to be migrating uh, from Iraq uh, because the people there had intended to kill him or imprison him and that he would not come back until he comes back with uh, you know, Imam al-Mahdi, Muhammad ibn Hassan al-Askari, alayhi salam. Okay? Yeah. So that was the uh, prediction that he made in his speech. And then he was accused um, of these uh, crimes. And then basically his life was on the line. And then he went into in absence. Okay? Okay. Now, uh, this is where the story gets really, really interesting and it becomes very mysterious. It's the mysterious case of, of the Amani Dawa. Okay. What happens is, is that after he disappears, the government allows, okay, allows uh, 
that the Yemeni da'wah operate legally within the country. Okay. And all of a sudden, the da'wah that at first was seen as a threat to the marjahs and to the scholars, and they were against it, was now allowed to open up offices and operate freely. And they even had a newspaper um, that they were passing out legally within the country. Um, and they also were able to print and pass out uh, books that were attributed to Ahmed al-Hassan. Except that Ahmed al-Hassan himself still remained in hiding. He was still not seen sitting in his offices, passing out his own pamphlets, preaching in his own, uh, you know, masjid or his own, uh, you know, uh, gatherings or Husseiniyas. The man remained in hiding, but all of his companions were able to, um, you know, operate the da'wah and buy these big buildings and basically uh, operate freely without fear of being attacked by the police or being arrested. Okay, that's a strange turn of events. It is a very strange turn of events. Like, so the, the da'wah itself, uh, eventually it becomes, uh, you know, there, become, there, there emerge these new faces uh, to the da'wah. Uh, these three individuals that control it uh, from top to bottom. And uh, they're appearing in the pictures, the official pictures, they're writing uh, books in the name of the Dawa. They're the ones that are actually reviewing and editing also um, the books and the works of Ahmed al-Hassan, and they're considered to be these doors to him. Okay. Right, And these guys that are, uh, they would basically take, they were in contact, they were allegedly in contact with Ahmed al-Hassan. And the followers of Ahmed al-Hassan now, they have no contact with Ahmed al-Hassan. So the only way that they can communicate with him becomes through these individuals. Okay. One of them, uh, his name is Nazim al-Aqili. Uh, another one, his name is Ala al-Salim. Mm -hmm. And a third one, his name is Hassan al-Hamami. Okay, now Hassan al-Hamami, what's interesting about him is that during the events, uh, these events in 2007, he was actually arrested when they were looking for Ahmed Hassan and his followers and accusing them of being involved in this. They actually arrested Hassan al-Hamami and Hassan al-Hamami declares himself uh, innocent of Ahmed al-Hassan and says that they are a false group, a group that is uh, astray. Wow. Yeah. And he condemns the da'wah, and there's video footage of this that ended up coming out on the news and uh, being available, right? Wow. And so the guy who declares himself innocent of the da'wah, all of a sudden now, in the absence of Ahmed al-Hassan, becomes uh, the main sheikh of the da'wah, or one of the three main sheikhs of the da'wah, and uh, one of the people that are controlling the wealth and the uh, the call of the of the Yemeni Ahmed Hassan Isa. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. That, that's rather bizarre. It is bizarre. Now, Ahmed Hassan, he ends up releasing, okay, four speeches while he's on the ground physically amongst the people. Yeah. And we mentioned these speeches mm -hmm. in the last episode. After a while in the Dawah, people began to grow doubtful. They're like, where is Ahmed Hassan? Why is the office operating? 
why is he not allowed to be here if his office is allowed to be here and his Tao is allowed to be propagated here? So they began to ask questions. And this resulted in um, the office of the Tao releasing a one, a speech, which was called the speech of Muharram, which was an additional fifth speech to Ahmed Hassan, right? Yes. Allegedly to Ahmed mm -hmm. Hassan. And they published it, but it was only an audio recording. Okay. And after that, they ended up also opening up for him a Facebook page. Yes. And they made all of the followers like sign up for Facebook and subscribe to the Facebook page whereby he could uh, he could communicate directly with his followers on social media. And they would also be able to send in questions and answers and all of that. And uh, on the Facebook page as well, he released a couple of audio recordings um, of his where he's delivering these uh, audio messages. Yes. So now um, the office had hoped that this would basically eliminate any doubts about Ahmed al-Hassan being with him because essentially the people began to doubt and they were saying that you know what if Ahmed al-Hassan is not with you guys and that you guys are basically just um, using his name he's in an absence and you guys in his absence are using his name to make money and control um, you know his call. Uh, which was a legitimate concern, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, because when Ahmed Hassan left and 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 he made his speech saying that he was going to migrate, uh, he said that he wouldn't be back except with Muhammad ibn Hassan, that they wouldn't see him again. And he didn't mention in there that he was going to um, have any representatives or if he was going to open up any offices or, or, or. Yes. Yeah. yeah? I mean, it's important to, to take his words into account. Like he, he would have, you know, we would think that he would have uh, indicated that there would be somebody to go to in his absence if that were the case. Mm -hmm. Followers of the Dao now began to point out the fact that his voice in the recordings on the Facebook and also in the speech of Muharram sounded nothing like his voice in the four previous speeches. Yeah. And, and so it had kind of uh, a double effect, these recordings. It cemented the faith of those who believed in the companions of Ahmed al-Hassan, uh, Nazim, Ala, and, and Hassan Hamami, which by the way, Ala al-Salam, he never physically met uh, Ahmed al-Hassan al-Salam. He came after Ahmed al-Hassan's absence. Okay. So... Um, these individuals, the recordings cemented for certain believers their faith that Ahmed Hassan is with this Tao yes. and with the office. Mm -hmm. For others, though, these recordings confirmed what they had long suspected and that Ahmed Hassan is not with this call. Yeah. But in the absence of anywhere else to go, they continued to fight against their doubts in the call and they remained silent, watching, uh, wondering why is his voice so different? Could it be that he just aged and his voice changed or what is the reason? But they were doubtful 
you know, or they were all together uh, not buying it, but they didn't say anything about it, yeah. right? Except to one another, they would voice these uh, doubts and concerns. And so now Ahmed Hassan, he's absent and the believers are splitting into two groups. Yes. The office released a lot of books uh, in print, right, and mm -hmm. in PDF form and on the website um, that were all attributed to Ahmed al-Hassan. But there was one book in particular that became the central book that, that would uh, be at the center of the division of the followers of Ahmed al-Hassan and be at the center of this conspiracy that was gaining momentum that the office was uh, taking over the da'wah of Ahmed al-Hassan and that like he was actually not with them. And that was a book that was titled The Calf. It was a book that Ahmed al-Hassan had wrote and had distributed, right? amongst the students of the Hausa back at the very beginning of his da'wah, okay? Okay. And this book um, was essentially speaking about how, it spoke about many things, but it was, it was really talking about how um, in every call of every messenger, um, the divine call is attacked on two fronts. It is attacked from the outside, by the disbelievers and it was attacked on the inside by the hypocrites. Okay. It was attacked on the outside by Pontius Pilate and it was attacked on the inside by Judas Iscariot, yes. right? Yeah. It's attacked on the outside by Pharaoh, it's attacked on the inside by the Samaritans, it's attacked on the outside by the enemies of Rasulullah, and it's attacked Abu Lahab, Abu Sufyan, these guys, it's attacked on the inside by Abu Bakr and Omar and Uthman, right? Yeah. And uh, so it was titled the calf after the golden calf that was worshipped by the Israelites. Yes. Okay. Yeah. During the absence of Moses. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. During his so absence. this book became like this prophecy uh, that the believers didn't understand until Ahmed al-Hassan went into an absence. And in his absence, they said, oh my God, he was telling us all along and, and warning us of what would happen in his absence because the book was focused around this. And there were many comparisons that were drawn in the book between Moses and the Samari and the worship of the calf and between the da'wah of Imam Mahdi, which he himself is at the center of, wow. right? Yeah, that's really fascinating. I mean, even just thinking about how some time had to pass before uh, before this, uh, before people started to have their doubts about whether uh, Ahmed Hassan was actually with the office. And that, that was uh, something that also happened in the story of Moses. Like they expected him back after a certain amount of time and then when the time extended, people started to uh, to get antsy and they, they built this golden calf and, and yeah, the, they started to worship it. And so the book, it mentions that Moses, um, you know, he's propagating his faith and that there is, uh, you know, this guy who's mentioned in the Quran in the verse which says, you know, and one of his Shia sought help from him. 
And Ahmed Hassan says in the book that there are narrations that identify this Shia who seeks help from Moses, right, before his killing of the Egyptian, as being the Samari. Okay? Okay. So the story goes, when you look at the narrations from Islam, and also when you look at the narrations that exist in Judaism, is that Moses is passing by, um, and there is this man who is seeking help from Moses. And he's seeking help from Moses because now he's in a fight with. So Ahmed Hassan says he is a mujahid. He's somebody who's fighting against Pharaoh and his soldiers. Why is he fighting against Pharaoh? Well, the Jewish narrations uh, state that uh, that this, this guy was an Israelite guy. And uh, Pharaoh's soldiers had went into his house. And they basically proceeded to rape his wife in front of his own eyes. Right, And so the man struggles against the soldier of Pharaoh when Moses passes by and he shouts out for help. And, uh, you know, he informs him uh, of what happened and Moses becomes extremely angered. Um, You know, sometimes it's post-fact, sometimes it's during the event himself. But anyway, Moses, he finds out about what happens. He gets very angry. He decides to assassinate this soldier that the man was struggling against and who had uh, raped his wife. Now, the man, according to the calf, is who is the Samari, right? Wow. And the, the, so the Samari, he's a believer. He's one of the close companions. He's a Shia, right, mm-hmm. of Moses. And he's also brave enough to struggle against the uh, tyrant. And, and, and there, and he has this kind of reputation amongst the people. And, and then you fast forward to later on. And what happens is that this man sees himself as better than Moses. And he takes advantage of the fact that Moses had to leave for uh, 30 days, which ends up being 40 days and 40 nights, right? To meet God uh, and and see what's going on with the burning bush. Mm -hmm. And he begins to call the people towards uh, the worship of the calf. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then Ahmed Hassan, he writes in the book, basically that uh, you know, uh, and 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 the Samaritan has to exist in every Dawa. All right. So now this Samaritan character, who is a Shia, a close companion, who leads the Israelites, the believers astray. Um, and takes advantage of the absence of Moses, a similar character and, and a similar event has to take place in this Tao because the Imam is saying that he has to exist in every Tao, yeah. right? And, and, uh, and so now the believers are uh, drawing parallels and they're saying, okay, well, Moses was absent, now Ahmed Hassan's absent. What happened in the story of the calf is that the story of the calf, they built this calf and the calf actually made a sound yes and so they're like oh my god and now the companions they built this office and this empire of the dawah right yeah and they have this facebook page that has this audio this yes, sound they made a voice this yeah. this voice yeah. right which is 
which is which which we're commanded to follow right and to follow and to obey the voice means to worship right right and so they're worshiping this voice just like the same the, the the israelites were worshiping the calf because of the voice that it made during the absence of moses so the parallels are extremely strong yeah right they're so precise they're yeah. extremely precise and um you know People are uh, very much in doubt. Yeah. Now, this is all taking place, right? And at, at a time where Ahmed al-Hassan ends up, there ends up being this group of people that are anonymous within the call that end up posting out there that Ahmed Hassan, the real Ahmed Hassan, is back. Yeah. And that there is somebody who basically took over his, um, you know, Dawa and his personality, and they start to confirm that this conspiracy took place uh, in the absence of Ahmed Hassan. Yeah. Yeah. And they offer a few proofs to the people that the real Ahmed Hassan is with them instead of with the office. And the proofs that they offer are as such. They bring forward um, a narration, uh, and that is the narration of the death of King Abdullah. Yeah. And the narration states, and we've mentioned this in other episodes, that there shall rule a man, Al-Hijaz, whose name is the name of an animal. He will be succeeded by a brother whose name is Abdullah. Mm -hmm. Give me glad tidings of his death and I will give you glad tidings of the appearance of the Hajj. Yeah. And so they say that this narration promises that when King Abdullah dies, the Hajj will appear. And if you believe in the promise of the Prophet of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa then you will believe that Ahmed Hassan's with us. Because Ahmed Hassan said that he would reappear with his father, Muhammad ibn Hassan al-Askari And this narration is saying that on the time of the death of King Abdullah, once King Abdullah dies, Muhammad ibn Hassan, the Hajjah, will appear. Yes. And so the Imam promised he would appear with Muhammad ibn Hassan. The narration says that Muhammad ibn Hassan will appear when King Abdullah dies. Therefore, Muhammad ibn Hassan has appeared and he has with him now Ahmed al Hassan. And they both sent us forward. We are a group of believers that actually met with him, saw him, were instructed by him, and sent forward by him to tell the believers that, um, that he's back and that he's reclaiming his da'wah and that the people. Um, you know, who are operating or behind the voice now are fraudsters. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And they challenged the office that if they did have Ahmed Hassan with them, that let them come out and prove it. Let the man appear in audio and video, yeah, and, and show the world that he actually is with them. And this challenge was met with with a fatwa to ignore all of the, um, you know, people that were propagating this idea. 
and it was met with them now be lying and going back on uh, belief and in this particular narration that they had once propagated before, which was the yeah. the uh, narration about the death of King Abdullah and interpreting it in a different way before they and all of the Shia world were saying that Imam al-Mahdi will come right when King Abdullah dies. Now uh, they had a different tone and they were saying, well, maybe the narration is false. Maybe he's going to uh, appear in the in the future. It doesn't say exactly when he's going to appear. Maybe he's going to be years later uh, or something of the sort. Yeah. 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 Because it became a proof against them. Yes. Of course. Yeah, I, I I know that the that this had been a narration that they had been uh, talking about and that they had been essentially confirming. And then when it actually came to pass uh, and it became a proof against them, then they started to deny the the hadith altogether. Exactly. And so now it became a very big problem, and and all of the followers of Ahmed Hassan they fell into doubt. Yeah. yeah, nobody knows now where is the true Ahmed Hassan. Such a time of confusion. It, it was a time of confusion. Now here you have the office. Uh, the office has a white banner that's written in it, allegiances to God. And you have now this new group of people, you know, and they have the narration of the death of King Abdullah with them. They have this logical argument behind them. You know, they have, uh, um, you know, this claim that Ahmed Hassan is with them and yeah. that the other people are false and they're challenging them to prove it and they're challenging the office to a mubahala uh, you know to that they meet and they call down the curse of God upon the liars and the office is not responding to it right yeah and uh, now it is it is craziness yeah and telling everyone not to look at it not to look into it they're liars and yeah 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 so then what happens is that is that the now you have the white banners and now you have the black banners? Yes. Ahmed al Hassan is sends forward his successor to appear publicly on the ground to test his followers in the same way that Muhammad ibn Hassan al tested his Shia by sending forward Ahmed al Hassan. Yes. In the beginning of the da'wah of Ahmed al-Hassan, even though it was a da'wah to call to Imam al-Mahdi and proclaim that Imam al-Mahdi now has appeared, Imam al-Mahdi himself did not appear publicly amongst the people. Yes. Rather, he sent forward his messenger. And uh, he sent the messenger forward with a clear proof, and the clear proof was the will yes. which he had claimed, right? Mm -hmm. Because nobody claims this matter. Um, you know, falsely, except that God cuts off their life. This yes. is what the narrations state. And also the Prophet Muhammad said when he wrote the will that whoever holds on to the will, would they would they, it would be a protection against misguidance. They would never go astray. It was a divine promise that you hold on to uh, the will. And this is, this is the basis that all of the followers of Ahmed Hassan accepted his claim unanimously because of the legitimacy, the heaviness, the weightiness uh, of the of the fact uh, of the will of the Prophet Muhammad that whoever claims to be Ahmed in the will and nobody else had ever claimed to be Ahmed in the will, the successor of Imam al-Mahdi, except for Ahmed al-Hassan. Yes. And, and so this 
and the raising of the banner that's written on Al-Bayat al-Billah because it's also mentioned in narrations that the Mahdi's banner will have written in Al-Bayat al-Billah or allegiances to God. And nobody else, no other Mahdi claimant throughout history from the time of the Prophet all the way till today ever came with a banner that was written on it, allegiances to God. So the will plus that, plus the knowledge of Ahmed Hassan, it became this proof, this law um, that could not be broken or argued against that proved that Ahmed Hassan was who he said he was. Yes. All right? <laughs> so they didn't believe in Ahmed Hassan's claim based on the fact that they met Muhammad ibn Hassan Askari or Imam al-Mahdi, but just on the basis of, uh, of these proofs that he came with. Yeah. Ahmed Hassan then decided because he had come back from his absence and he had found that these former companions of his had taken over his dawah is exactly as he had prophesied mm -hmm. and now they are using as a proof to convince the israelites or the shia or the followers of ahmed hassan that that they are the true path and that they, the people have an obligation to follow them because they have provided this voice of Ahmed Hassan. The real Ahmed Hassan comes back and he begins to expose them uh, through this group of, of true believers that he sends forward. Um, and in addition to that, he decides to test all of the believers by sending forward his successor with the same proofs that he had. Yeah. So he said, okay, if you guys are true believers in me, then let's see if you believe my messenger who I send forward to you with exactly the same proofs as I came with, coming to you in exactly the same manner as I came to you. Yeah. And so he sends forward uh, a man who raises the banner allegiances to God, the black banner, which was mentioned in hadiths that the Mahdi's banner will be written in the and the Mahdi's banner would be black. So yeah. he sends him forward carrying that banner. He sends him forward with knowledge and all of those who, who met him and believed in him and didn't believe in him also testified to the fact that this messenger of his was extremely knowledgeable. And he also sent him forward to claim the will and say that I am Abdullah who is in the will of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu Yeah. So he comes forward exactly as Ahmed Hassan uh, came forward with. And the believers became in this, uh, you know, uh, this very big test where they had to choose whether to follow the voice uh, which they don't know really, it sounds differently, and they have no way of identifying if it belongs to Ahmed Hassan or not. And during that time period, um, there are many people that it's known that many people, uh, you know, work in the business of imitating other people's voices. Yeah. Uh, and in today's world, you have artificial intelligence that is able to produce uh, and take and make the voice of any individual. Uh, 
say anything essentially that they want them to say. Yes. Yeah. Right. So they have the the choice between believing in the physical, believing in the sound, right, uh, that comes, and believing in the office, and believing in the the companions of Ahmed Hassan, or believing in the proofs of the Dawah yeah. of Ahmed Hassan. Yeah. Yeah. Which was the will and the uh, knowledge and the banner. Yes. Right? Yeah. So it became a contest of what do you believe in? Do you believe in the will or you don't believe in the will? This is essentially yeah. what it all came down to. Right. If you believe in the will in this instance, then you have to believe in the will in this instance. Exactly. And yeah. It, it forces people to question their beliefs for sure. Exactly. Yeah. And then, and this happened in 2015. Yes. And uh, so in 2015, from the, from the year 2015 till today, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023, 2024, nine years. Yeah. Okay. Nine years. In those nine years... The call of Ahmed Hassan has been has been out there on in, in two different sects. There's the office, which is still operating till today, and they never came forward in these nine years with Ahmed Hassan's audio, video, um, you know, or him coming out in public to say. I really am with the office and this other person and this other call that is claiming that I'm with them, I'm not really with them. So he never comes out with his physical appearance in his flesh, in his blood to deny that he is with the Black Banner group. Okay. 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 And the Black Banner group also continues to propagate the call and many people from all over the world believe in it believing in the evidences and believing in the will and uh, pledging allegiance to um, the companion of the will abdullah and taking him as an imam in the same way that the believers had taken the um Ahmed Hassan, uh, as an imam Yes. God bless you, Tiffany. God bless you. Thank you so much for, for talking you. to me today.